This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's get things going on a Monday. It is December 12th. 2022, and it is a Calgary Flames game day. Flames finish off a little road trip with a visit to the Bell Center to take on the Montreal Canadiens. Excited for tonight. Lots to get to. We'll review Friday and Saturday's games with Peter Labardius. Get you set for all things uh, ready tonight with the Flames and the Habs. And then uh, a little bit later on in the second segment, some major Stampeders news, some restructuring in the organization, some new titles for Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel to talk about. All of that as the uh, show continues for the next hour. So it's Logan Gordon along with you here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan coming at you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. We got Cam and Taylor in the other room keeping things on track on this Monday afternoon. But let's kick it off like we always do. That's going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and saying hello to our Flames insider and the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. It is Peter Labardius, and he's brought to you by the Gemini Group. The Gemini Group uh, home renovations, know your home renovations, should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit the GeminiGroup.ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am good, thank you. Good to hear, my man. Uh, Flames game day in one of the great halls of hockey tonight in Montreal. And the Flames looking to end this road trip off with a victory. Uh, before we dive into tonight, let's uh, let's head back to, to Saturday. Uh, a wild one, a back-and-forth affair in Toronto that ends with the Leafs ending it on a power play goal in the extra frame. I guess, what did you take away from, from Saturday's performance in Toronto? Well, they played hard. They competed well. They had some good individual performances. The most difficult part from a flame standpoint about Saturday night was they had three different one-goal leads, couldn't quite extend them. Part of that was the amount of penalties that were called and taken, probably in that order for how I looked at it, but a much better effort than what was pretty red rotten in Columbus the night before. So we saw some different things. Um, We saw Matthew Phillips for the first time this season and was delighted for the young man to, you know, come back and play in his first game that involved fans. It's dream come true for sure for your family on a Saturday night and hockey night in Canada, you know, to play a game in Toronto or play a game in Montreal, which uh, looks like he'll get to do that. Now it's not Saturday in Montreal, which is incredibly special, but it's still the Mecca as far as I am concerned in the country. And so lots to like and some things to still be tinkered with. Let's uh, dive into the Phillips conversation a little bit more here, Peter. And and specifically, I wanted to ask you about his placement in the lineup. Uh, We've talked lots and there's been lots of talk about, okay, if you bring him up 
and play him on a fourth line, can that be a, a fair evaluator of Matthew Phillips at the NHL level? Well, he surprised a bit of uh, the head coach surprised us a bit and put Matthew Phillips on a line for that game with Michael Backlund and Adam Rizicko. What did you think of his placement in the lineup? And I guess how did you feel he performed in just over nine minutes of ice time on Saturday? Well, I guess to be crystal clear about lines and line numbers, Logan, I always think that it's somewhat interchangeable with this group, and I always focus on who plays the most in terms of how I look at that assessment, especially you know in games where there's lots of five-on-five play. Well, I thought Matthew accounted and acquitted himself very nicely it was great to see him get a couple of looks on the power play played 921 had a shot um was a pretty responsible player and you know when you play with you know a tremendous veteran center and in, in michael backland uh, i like the utilization what you want to do is you want to construct your groups to give all of them a chance to be successful so you know I I guess I was a little surprised in regards to the construction against the Toronto team that you know is going better than anybody in the face of the National Hockey League and its program Um, but if you're looking for more balance which Daryl I'm sure was and you want to not protect but certainly isolate someone like Matthew Phillips in regards to what they do without the puck, because that's always the most difficult thing at this level. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Another guy that I've been impressed with, he's been in both of these games on the road trip, has been Redeem Zahorna. Uh, he's been on the on a line, I guess that's changed a couple of times, and most recently looked like a line with himself, uh, Blake Coleman and Trevor Lewis. What have you made of uh, big number 67 out there, Lou? Well, there's lots to work with. As I chatted with uh, George and Maddie this morning on, on the big show, uh, you know, when you watch him play, when he is moving his feet and he is engaged, uh, he can make some things happen. And it's all going to be about him and his consistency but I like what I've seen I liked his last two games that I watched in the American League with the Wranglers and I've liked what he by and large has done with his minutes in his first two games in Calgary now again a lot of responsibility on the center ice position in how you check and how you make yourself available on breakouts in the defensive zone but with the puck in particular um, I liken him a little bit, actually, to Adam Ruzicka. You know, both great size, can skate, good skill sets. This guy, I think, you know, might be a potentially better playmaker, but we'll see as time goes on. So, and again, you put him with, you know, two excellent, responsible guys on his wings who can help him with some of you know, the things he might have a tough time with, but quite impressed, Logan. In fact, a little more than quite impressed. 
yeah, he really hasn't missed a beat for uh, for my money in these two games, and uh, we'll see how he does tonight against Montreal because it looks like, according to our pal uh, Wes Gilbertson, the post media who's uh, on the ground in Montreal, that the Flames will ride with the same forward lines that they had Saturday against the Maple Leafs. That means Milan Lucic will be a uh, healthy scratch for the second consecutive game while Phillips remains in on that line with Ruzicka and Backlund. <clears throat> Excuse me, that Ruzicka and Backlund on that line with Phillips Zahorna with Coleman and Lewis. Uh, before we shift away from Saturday, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Noah Hannafin's game. It was just outstanding. He was in around everything. He was. He obviously has the two goals that were huge in the game, but you just couldn't take him out of the play. It just seemed like he was all over the ice in a good way on Saturday. And What did you think of, of number 55? Well, the goal really, you know, kick-started him. I uh, did not like the defense as a whole at all on Friday. It was certainly better and, and very tested against a deep Toronto team that's best people were going in a big way again on Saturday. But, you know, he, he scored the goal. Then he made a great read and a great knockdown not too long after the goal on a two-on-one situation, moved his feet, made some plays. I still think, and, and I don't want to be – you know, overly critical, still like to see a little bit more consistency from not him, but that pairing him and Rasmus. There have been times this year where I felt like one guy has really carried the other, you know, Saturday night, I felt like it was, was Noah's turn. And there's been lots of nights where it's been Rasmus's turn. Um, But we'll see how that progresses going forward. But yeah, absolutely. Did I did I like Noah's play a lot? Yes. When he is feeling it, with his ability to skate and be involved and get himself up on the rush and not just get it, like that's a term that I think gets overused. Where he can be a really dangerous guy is in coverage in the offensive zone. You know, when you're pinching down and cycling and – you don't stay stationary. You're you're on the move. You're a hard guy to cover. And I think one of the guys who does it the best in all of hockey on defense outside of that guy who's in a different place in Colorado named McCarr is Roman Yossi. And when Noah's having a good night and feeling it, that's what he can give you sometimes in zone. He, he's not, you know, he's not the world's best playmaker but when he moves his feet and gets pucks to the net and has the ability because of his great speed to not be out of position if pucks get turned over I I find that's when he's the most dangerous so forward lines will remain the same heading into Montreal tonight we might see a change on defense Mackenzie Wieger will be a game time decision he's dealing with a non-COVID illness if he is out of the lineup, Connor Mackey will come back in and be on that third pairing with Michael Stone. We will see a change in goal tonight, Lou. We're expecting Jacob Markstrom to get the start tonight in Montreal. We saw him on Friday against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I think uh, you'd agree with me that he was far and away the Flames' best player and one of the few that no showed question. up to work on Friday. Uh, despite that, I mean, first goal you want to – if you want to be one of the Markstrom haters that have been out there and talk about letting in the first goal, I mean, you take Patrick Laine 
one on one after your defense leaves you out to dry like that, and tell me how well you do with that. I thought I, I thought he was great on Friday, and I'm excited to see him back in there tonight, Lou. Yeah, so am I, and I really see this as an opportunity tonight to play well, win a game, and get himself back on a run going into Christmas. I think that opportunity now sits right in front of him. Uh, he certainly looked on Friday like the work that he has put in and you know maybe a bit of a mental break for a few games and give Dan Vladar all kinds of credit for the mileage that he's given this hockey team over the last couple of weeks. That's why you need two. But I see this as a real, real opportunity for Jacob and, and you know even in chatting with goaltending coach Jason LaBarbera, who you'll be able to hear that interview in its full extent, and I'd recommend it because we got into not only his dealing with Jacob and the two goalies, but his role and how you deal with individuals, which I found some some real great insight from Jason in that Coaches Show interview. Um, he, he likes what he's seen from his number one guy, and I think he'll be ready to put another really quality game on the table. Now, what I would like to see is... It's about time that the guys in front of him gave him a little support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, I, I won't, I won't blame you on that one. We've talked about that before. We, we talked about that going back to, ironically enough, the last time that this team played Montreal and how different it would feel uh, back on Thursday, December first, Lou, if this team had put a couple more in front of Jacob and lessen because I think sometimes that that can be part of it. I think while goaltenders can make mistakes, their team can go a long way to changing how big of an impact that mistake has on the game. And did Jacob make a mistake going out to play that puck? Sure he did, but his team also didn't help uh, and they sort of amplified it by only being able to put one away in that game, right? I think that's something that this team has, has looked for or needed to do more of in front of Markstrom. I can't speak for Jacob, but even going back to that night and how he reacted, I think Jacob's number one concern is one thing. I don't think necessarily it's his average or the amount of shutouts or he wants to win games, Logan. And when he is in the net and his team does not win a game, he takes a lot of responsibility, whether he should or shouldn't or to what extent. And that's one of the reasons I love him so much is I don't really think it's about him. Not at all. Now, does he want to be the, does he want to be the best he can be? Absolutely. And he knows when he is at his best, it gives this team a great opportunity to win. But it is a team sport. And while he may play the most heavily scrutinized position, he could give up one goal in a game, the Flames get zero, and still feel responsible. Even when he's playing really, really well. And I'm sure he still felt a little bit that way in Columbus when many of his teammates had a mail-it-in Friday type of game. Mm-hmm. He wants to win, and he wants to be a part of something special. And you can point to how he goes about his business, how he conducts himself, how he deals with his partner, 
guy wants to win. Bad. Bad. And I just, you know, both these goalies for different reasons are really easy guys to like and really easy guys to cheer for. And I'd love nothing better than to see Jacob get on a real roll here going into the Christmas break. One guy I wanted to ask you about because I haven't had a chance to with the weekend coming up is is Milan Lucic and the decision to to scratch him after uh, a season low last time he was in it. I believe it was just over five minutes of ice time that he played against the Minnesota Wild. Um, look, it, it hasn't been great for Milan this year, but I understand that Daryl doesn't measure everything in goals and assists, and he sees value in other areas how hard do you think it was for for daryl to come to the decision that milan needed to sit out for a couple nights i think incredibly difficult those are not easy things to do for coaches for people that coaches have the utmost respect for in daryl's case whenever you win a stanley cup in his book you go up about five or six notches and as you should and knows what he brings not only on the ice, but off the ice. So this is a really difficult situation on both sides of the equation. It's certainly not the end of the road or end of the journey. In fact, if the Flames were playing a different type of team tonight, Logan, if they're playing a bigger, heavier team than what Montreal, not to say that, you know, especially on the back, in Edmondson, Arbor Jackeye, and a guy who I think is just playing his tail off in 20-year-old defenseman Caden Gooley, they can smack you back there, but they don't feature a forward lineup, you know, outside of maybe Josh Anderson, and that's when Josh Anderson is where he's at his best. No, it doesn't look like Gallagher tonight, so... You know, I, I understand the lineup configuration and know Milan Lucic tonight against this group. And plus, you know, a couple of the new guys deserve a little more time in terms of the audition. But again, it's about the journey and it's about 82. It's not just about tonight or it's not just about Saturday night when you try to get your team constantly as a coaching staff to a better place. This, they do not deal in one 82 games, you know, 82 one-game seasons. Yes, you put your best foot forward, and you want to win each and every game you play, and you want to come up with a lineup that gives you the best chance. But there's more to the decisions in terms of the growth of your team, keeping them in the playoff hunt, and most importantly, making the playoffs, and being a good playoff team. How important is it for this group, Lou, to get into some sort of a rhythm here? I know the schedule hasn't made it easy on them at times. It's been a, a, a loopy one, for lack of a better term, but this team just seems to go on these runs of, you know, where you're going to win five of six, but then you're going to lose three in a row, or they have the long losing streak. It just feels like this team needs to find a way badly to get on a very long positive streak of play well i think they've started to you know deal with things pretty well at home yeah the last homestand was a good one where they start 
where they now start to need more wins is on the road. Yeah. They have three of them. So that's how I would separate it. Yes. You know, and they will at some point, at at some point they're going to, you know, run off five in a row or probably more importantly, eight of 10. I, I really believe that, but there needs to be more consistency you know, five-on-five special teams, home and road. You become a really good team when, regardless of opponent or place, you have a pretty solid idea of what you can expect. They're not there yet. They're not even close to being there yet. See signs? You know, I, I throw Friday out. Like, that's... That's net, that can't happen again. So I'm, I'm tossing that one out. Didn't mind Saturday. So if you get, a, get rid of the one, which you can't, I get it. But I still kind of do. I see more good than on the wrong side. But they could really use right now, and they're going to come home for two and go back out for four prior to Christmas. They need to get back to being a better team away from home and you know how you generally do that a couple of ways your best people have to really really take hold and you need balance and you need depth and you need to be able to rely on everyone so that the opposing coaches and opposing teams don't feel like they can get great matchups against you people they can it's like in football, Logan, which I know you know that sport pretty well, too. You don't want to be, you know, a line or a defenseman or a D pairing that gets picked on like a corner in football. Yeah, that'll be a big thing for this group is to, to find some of that, that solidarity through their lineup. It just hasn't come together on the road for whatever reason, but we'll see if they get a chance tonight. Uh, and just, I guess, a quick thought, Lou, before I let you go here. Uh, Montreal, seeing them for the second time this season, not that long ago, we just talked about how they performed in that game uh, on the first. It wasn't a, a great effort by Montreal, but their goaltender helped them through it. I guess if you were the Flames, what are you looking to do tonight when you uh, take on Montreal? Well, every time you play Montreal, I need to make sure that I do an excellent checking job against the Suzuki line. That is first and foremost for me because they're a dangerous group. Um, Marty St. Louis has an opportunity to, you know, get a last change that he didn't have that advantage when the teams met a short time ago on the 1st of December. They can hurt you five on five. They can certainly carry apart on the power play if you give them chances. So it starts, it doesn't end there, but it certainly starts there for me with the concern about the Montreal Canadiens. Luke, you're the best. Always appreciate your time, sir. We'll uh, hear you on the broadcast and the warm-up coming up in just a couple hours here. Take care. Sounds good. Have a good afternoon. There you go. Pete Labardius, he's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Joins us every single day to kick off the program. And the uh, Gemini Group wants to know, uh, wants you to know that your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Make sure to give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. We'll take a break, come back on the other side, 
And we'll hear from a couple members of the Calgary Stampeders, John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson, introduced to the media today in a couple of different roles. We'll tell you what those are coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Sportsnet Today continuing on this Monday afternoon. Logan Gordon along with you. Flames game day. Early start in Montreal. Early start here. An early start there. But the 5 o'clock mountain start means that we kick things off with Flames Talk in the next hour, 2 o'clock. Pat Steinberg will take over your airwaves, take you up to 4, and then we'll switch things over to Flames warm-up. Steinberg and Labardius getting you set for all things Flames and Habs. Wills and Labardius on the call at 5 o'clock right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, last of this three-game road trip for the Calgary Flames, before they come back for a quick homestand with the Vancouver Canucks in town, Taylor's very excited about that. Aren't you, Taylor? Must be super excited. Mm, sure. Mm. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. But Cam's going, so Cam's excited. I'm excited. It's my first uh, in, in, in-house in Flames game in a very long time. Good for you. Thank you. Well, we'll expect a full report on Thursday. I'll, I'll bring my uh, my notebook. Yeah, you should do that. Uh, so Vancouver's here Wednesday. St. Louis is here Friday. And then off to uh, California for back-to-back games in San Jose. Then they'll take on L.A. and the Ducks next week. So Flames need to get something done on the road tonight. Same forward lines as we saw on Saturday, which means Phillips is in. Lucic is out. We're only wondering about Mackenzie Weger, who is dealing with a non-COVID illness and will be a game-time decision tonight. Should he not play, Connor Mackey will come in and join a pairing with Michael Stone. So that's the flame side of things. Keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960 throughout the afternoon as we get you set for the Flames and the Habs. But did want to shift uh, over to the CFL for a bit because we had some major news from the Calgary Stampeders this morning. They announced some massive changes uh, to their football operations staff. That includes head coach Dave Dickinson adding the title of general manager. Well, John Huffnagel steps down from that role, but will continue to serve as team president. That's a role he's had since 2016, but will also remain in the football ops department in the capacity of a consultant. Director of player personnel Brendan Mahoney adds the title of assistant GM. Well, director of U.S. scouting Cole Huffnagel and Director of Football Operations Nick Boya will also take on additional responsibilities. This is a massive uh, changeup for the Calgary Stampeders. Huffnagel has been the GM of the Stamps since 2008, and they've posted a winning record in each of his 14 seasons in that role, qualifying for the playoffs 14 times, finishing first in the West Division seven times, winning Grey Cups in 08, 2014, and 2018. Dickinson has been a coach for the Stampeders for 14 years, becoming head coach back in 2016 when Huffnagel stepped away from the sidelines to focus on his GM duties and on being the team's president. So some major shakeups from the Calgary Stampeders. Our boy Matty Rose, of course, uh, who brings you the Stamps report every week during the CFL season, was down at McMahon 
to get the instant reaction and to hear from a couple of the key members of this uh, movement, including John Huffnagel and uh, Dave Dickinson. We'll hear from both of them in just moments here. We'll start with uh, now team president and consultant in football ops, John Huffnagel, and his decision to step away from the GM title and hand it over to Dave Dickinson. As you already know, uh, uh, I'm handing over the general manager duties to Dave Dickinson. Um, just going to take a step back a little bit and uh, and um, have full confidence that uh, he's fully prepared to, to handle uh, the added responsibility. And also, uh, Brendan Mahoney and Cole and uh, Nick Boja all doing their part, making sure that we continue with uh, what we're trying to build, which is uh, championship football teams. So why, was it why make this uh, the timing? Why make this announcement now? What works about the timing? This. Well, I mean, uh, uh, we came to the conclusion a while ago, so it wasn't uh, something that we uh, uh, just came up with. Uh, it's been well planned out. Uh, I wanted that to happen so they would have uh, the opportunity to fully grasp the new responsibilities that we have throughout the course of last season. And uh, and now just to, to make it known what's going on and uh, they can roll up their sleeves and get to work. Well, you've done both jobs, head coach and general manager at the same time. What are the challenges of doing both on a CFL Well, team? first of all, um, I, I'm a big proponent of uh, having one voice, one vision. And that's what uh, I was really uh, enticed me back in 08 to come up here to take this job. And uh, I believe that uh, it, it can be a winning formula. Not that having two different people at the position is, is any worse or better, it's just that that's what I believe. Um, Dave has been here for a long, long time, almost, almost as long as I. Uh, well, I guess it is. He was the player the first year I, w I was back. And uh, he understands, and I, Dave and, all, Dave and I have always had the same vision. Uh, and that's why when uh, he became the head coach, it was a very seamless uh, transition, and I expect this to be also. Um, just your thoughts, the emotions of it, any, any thoughts, or I guess you've had time to prepare for it, the, because, you know, you're taking a different role, a lower profile role. Well, I mean, uh, I'm going to enjoy my new position and spend a little bit more time at the president level, uh, at the management council level. level. Uh, I'm very grateful that I, can, I, I stayed on as a, a consultant, which is mostly a talent evaluator because uh, if I could pat myself on the back, uh, I, I think I'm pretty good at it. And so uh, I'll uh, make sure that I do the, uh, the due diligence of uh, doing my part as far as getting ready for the drafts, uh, training camp, things like that. Huff, while I have you here, uh, Huff, while I have you here, um, you keep hearing things floating around about sale of the Stampeders. Anything to that? Say it again, Ben. Sale of the Stampeders, is there anything to that? We keep hearing things floating around. Uh, I need help there. Uh, he's just asking about the rumors about the Stampeders potentially being sold. That have been kind of putting well, out there. You, 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 got, you got your checkbook out? No, none whatsoever. Does Dave have full control now of the roster and full autonomy to make those kind of contract decisions? 
do I make what decisions? Does does uh, Dave now have full autonomy with football operations? Uh, he's the general manager, head coach. So as much as uh, that man was responsible for those type of decisions, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I'm the president, so I'm in charge of every dollar spent. But uh, as far as uh, uh, the roster, uh, you know, it's the general manager, head coach job. I don't know where. Dave is in his contract. I should know that. But does today's announcement change his contractual status? Is there any extension to talk about or anything? No, like no. That? Everything okay. is, is done. Like I said, this hasn't been uh, uh, just happened the other day. Uh, we, I don't know how long I signed Dave uh, for uh, whenever that occurred, but uh, it was with this uh, move uh, in the contract. Okay. Did the results in the postseason the last three years precipitate this at all? Say again? Did the results in the postseason the last three seasons precipitate this at all? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. What kind of question is that? I was just wondering. Okay, go. Next question. Um, say at training camp and that, will you, you'll be around at training camp. Will you conduct some of the camps, you know, in Florida or things like that? Or? You're still going to have to put up with me, yeah. <laughs> still be on the field? Okay. <laughs> Any other questions? All right. Thank you. That is now the president of the Calgary Stampeders, John Huffnagel, speaking to the media at McMahon a little bit earlier today after news that he has stepped down as the team's GM and handed that role over to now head coach and GM Dave Dickinson. A couple of interesting you know, notes there that autonomy, roster decisions, uh, doesn't really clarify whether or not that means that he's you know not going to have a say in those sort of things. Uh, I would expect that that's part of their remaining relationship and one that they've had for a long time. That that Huffnagel will still be a part of that, but uh, I think more of it will be handed to Dave Dickinson in all of this. Interesting, no comment, nothing about the sale of the team. That one came up in there as well. So some interesting insights from the now uh, president of the team. Uh, we'll hear from the man who's taking on more responsibility in this, and that is, of course, uh, that is, of course, head coach and now GM Dave Dickinson. He also spoke to the media today following the announcement at McMahon Stadium. I'll just start real quick. I do want to thank the organization and Huff, and like he said, we we kind of were going down this path, and I was hopeful that it would would happen, but also uh, was not in a hurry. Uh, love what what our organization puts out there, being part of a team. Um, had a chance though to potentially do a little bit more as Huff's been kind of uh, getting me ready and thought it was a pretty good transition from player to coach, coach to head coach and hopeful that we'll, we'll have that same transition. Also very happy that Huff is still a part of our team and our club and uh, I do think we got some important pieces and I always, I've always felt like I've just been part of a team. And why change that? So uh, the promotions for Brendan Mahoney, the assistant GM, he's been a loyal soldier. I mean, he's been here uh, a heck of a long time, and he's ready. And then with Cole Huffnagel and Nick Boyd on the other side, um, I really believe added responsibilities for them uh, is a good thing for us as well. So we'll continue to work together. Um, I've always believed uh, I got the best video, best equipment, some amazing uh, training staff. Uh, we've been working together as a group. Why, why change that now? But I'm excited, and I do think ultimately we want to, uh, you know, push this thing and, and keep. We're happy with our, what we're doing, but we want to take it to the next level. This 
a similar question, what do you foresee the greatest challenges are, uh, or workload challenges maybe, of doing both jobs? Well, there's going to be things that I haven't done, you know, maybe a different voice at, at uh, meetings as well for the league-wide. Um, you know, I do think in the off-season a huge change. I think uh, a lot more responsibility coming on my shoulders. And then in season, I think, uh, you know, you have to lean on the guys that are going to help you, and, and uh, they will do a great job as well. You know, I hope to be as involved. I, I love the CFL, first off. And I think it's important that the general manager, head coaches, get some say in, in where this league is going. And I think that, uh, I think I certainly, I, I have a strong voice. Uh, I am very opinionated on that. But I also believe I'm a decent listener. And uh, I'm willing to do what's best for the league. And, uh, you know, I do think it's important that we're all rowing in the same direction. We want what's best for the CFL. We want what's best for the Calgary Stampeders after that. And uh, I'm excited to kind of get maybe a little bit more involved in some of the things I haven't been able to do. Uh, by saying that, yeah, I'll have to lean on my coaches a bit more. Um, fired up that uh, I, I do think they're ready as well and ultimately uh, just be a little bit busier in the off season and have a little bit more say in, 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 in maybe uh, mandates for the league and, and, and things that happen on more of a, a league level. Can you drill into, it feels like unprecedented continuity that this franchise has compared to other teams in, in the CFL, like how has this happened that this team has been sort of a model for that? That's kind of all I know. You know, I've, I've definitely been on a different path than most, um, even as coaches. You know, I, I've been fired a lot as a player, but never as a coach. So uh, I remember Wally had a good quote uh, saying, uh, uh, if he wasn't the GM, he would have fired the coach because uh, he was both. So now I get that. So that's always a positive. Um, now, the, the, the continuity is, you know, we got a plan. We stick with it. We trust the people. We don't micromanage. We, we have good players. Players win, win and lose games. We get good support. Uh, the ownership has changed here, but the support is still there. And I was able to meet with John Bean, and uh, I feel like he's always uh, been in our corner. And uh, I'm excited to, to get that relationship going. Um, I think you still, you know, you are judged by wins and losses and playoff success, and we got we got some work to do. Dave, in terms of things that you say it's additional responsibilities, does that mean you reallocate some responsibilities among the coaching staff that you take on a slightly different role, or how does that all? Yeah, we're going to have some change in coaches as well. Unfortunately, we, 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 get, we got some change coming, so I've got to make sure I handle that first. That's what I've been working on the most. Uh, we also understand in December uh, there is a chance to, to try to keep signing your players and, and finding new ways to extend guys and, and make things work in your salary cap. Uh, you know, the NFL window is open for these guys, so it's always a challenge. But, uh, yeah, I think our coaches will take on a bit more, and, and maybe we'll see. But I'm, I'm still like Huff. He's here. Huff's uh, a resource during the season. Uh, it's just, you know, when it comes down to, hey, you want to sign that guy for that number, now it falls on my shoulders. Uh, Huff is always kind of like there as a resource, but it's time for me to step up and, and make those decisions, and uh, hopefully they work. Can you elaborate on the coaching change? Can you elaborate on the I coaching? haven't got that far okay. yet, Mark, but I'm working on it, uh, okay. and I'm not there. Um, so, yeah, there will be uh, – there's some things going on, and there's jobs available at other positions, and you can see it's it's been kind of a crazy uh, uh, off-season, uh, crazier in other spots than ours, but um, – Find Jean right there for his phone being on. But you do that as GM now. <laughs> I'll pay it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's only seventy bucks. It's not too much. Right? No, uh, no, there's, there's going to be changes. There always will be, but it hasn't finalized yet because some of the other jobs aren't aren't finalized. Do you plan to call play still? I I haven't really got there yet, Justin. But I think 
you got to do what's best for the team. And uh, I don't think your ego can get involved in certain things. So, um, but I do feel like uh, I've talked over some scenarios. Um, also, personnel-wise, how can I keep being involved with the coaches and, and, and maybe give them a little bit more platform? Um, but I like what I've got. You know, Huff's still good at that. And, and we're not really changing much with Cole. He's our head of our U.S. scouting, does a great job. And, and Brendan taking control. Uh, Dwayne Cameron gets involved in the Canadian draft. Uh, so we've, we've got a lot of pieces in place. Just, uh, you know, keep the train going in the same direction. What's that been great, great for you? For me? Becoming a GM. Is there something gravitate to that says, this is going to be thrilling uh, for me. This is going to be a you know, challenge, a fun thing? No, I just got to be cautious. You know, I like to hear myself talk. So I, I definitely got to be cautious of, uh, of understanding, uh, listen first, go in with an idea that, uh, there are some changes, but let's let's listen, uh, talk to some other people, some good people in the league, and and see. I mean, uh, there are some resources out there, some good people that I know. But uh, we'll have league meetings, and Huff, uh, Huff and myself, and I think Jay McNeil uh, uh, will be there as from our organization. We'll have a chance in January to kind of sit down and and uh, and have a vision for what we think the hopefully will make our league better, which hopefully makes our league stronger, and ultimately our club uh, hopefully more successful. Dave, how much of a great mentor has Huff been for you? Has you prepared for this this role? Yeah, he's been my number one mentor. I mean, I, I mean, Wally is a guy that I do lean on as well. But Huff's been my day to day. I mean, he when I got in the league in '96, he was here. Um, he's been very honest with me. Uh, like he says, I heard him say we have the same vision. We are different people, but certainly have the same type of vision. And uh, it's more about. Um, setting a standard and, and holding people to it and hold yourself to it. Uh, just keep working, always looking forward, never looking back. Uh, so the things that he's, he's taught me, but, you know, we are different people, but we have that same vision, which makes it a little bit easier. Speaking to that vision, Dave Huff always said two things about his time as a general manager. One, you'd never be the highest paid player at your position as a Stampeder. And two, uh, there weren't deals to be found on day one of free agency. Uh, how do you look at both of those philosophies? Do you see yourself continuing in that kind of vein? Uh, I mean, listen, I've, I'm never going to put a, like a never say never thing. If you got the best player, you might have to do something. You might have to put that money on there. I do think uh, football is based on team. It's based on uh, a group of people coming together for a common goal. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult to, to, to shape a roster when you're out of whack sometimes on the top end. I'm open for free agency, though. I think there's other good players in the league. I always be loyal to our guys, but you got to understand um, you're always looking to upgrade. And my main thing, and I think anyone that's been around me understands, I'm, I'm pretty brutally honest in the sense that I'll tell you something maybe that you don't want to hear. I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, it's just my opinion, but uh, as of now, my opinion carries a little bit more weight. And uh, I feel like the guys understand what I'm about. Um, Never negotiated a contract. Uh, I guess I do the coaches now, uh, but I've never negotiated a contract with the players. And I feel like uh, I will leave that to the other guys and then have an understanding. And if I need to get involved, I get involved. And uh, I think Huff's operated that way. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting the agents. I know that's probably not something that's said very often from coaches, uh, but you have to have relationships with these people. And, uh, you know, my agent passed away, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Those guys, they're doing their job. They're, they're trying to help their client. And uh, I think if you treat them as men, that, that's, the, that's the key. And they have to know that uh, nothing's changed here. That we're, we're still, we have our plan. We, we have the things we want to do. And, and ultimately, hopefully, we keep the, uh, getting the job done. 
There you go. That is now head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders, Dave Dickinson, uh, addressing the media following the announcement today that he's taking over the GM role for John Huffnagel, who moves to uh, just team president and a consultant on the football ops side of things. So a big shakeup for the Calgary Stampeders in, in a number of ways. And as Dave says, he'll try to make it uh, more of the same for a team that has been the model for a lot of CFL teams. And have they won as many great cups as they'd like to in the last number of years, really since Huffnagel's tenure began in 2008? No, probably not. You'd like to have seen more in there. But as far as consistency goes and knowing what kind of product is going to be put out on the field, I really don't think there's a team that compares to the Calgary Stampeders. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have obviously been the model franchise the last couple of years, but they've sustained that over a three- to four-year period with COVID mixed in there. Uh, not nearly to the level that the Calgary Stampeders have over almost 15 years between Huffnagel and Dickinson here. So uh, you'd hope for more of the same. It sure sounds as though that's the plan for Dave Dickinson and company. Uh, next up for them will be you know, addressing this roster and getting set for, for next year is with Jake Mayer as this team's starting quarterback. We heard news earlier last week that Reggie Bagleton had re-upped for a couple more seasons. That's a big uh, bonus for the team to have him back for the next couple of seasons. So we'll see where this goes with the Calgary Stampeders, and this will be a topic that we dive into more during the week on Sportsnet today, whether it be with uh, with our pal Matty or maybe we'll bring in Justin Dunk from Three Down Nation who was there as part of the, uh, the press conference today and you know sort of dive into what this means for the Stampeders going forward. But it's certainly uh, an interesting time for them as the uh, offseason still uh, yet to get underway for the CFL free agency a couple months away yet before uh, all that excitement gets going. Uh, reminder, it is a Flames game day. We're coming up just a couple hours away from Flames warm-up. Pat Steinberg's got Flames talk. That's coming up next, a special early edition with the 5 p.m. puck drop. Him and Wes Gilbertson are going to dive into what we saw on the weekend in that loss to Toronto, plus what they're expecting to see tonight. Matthew Phillips back in the lineup for the second straight game. No Milan Lucic, another healthy scratch for Luch. Jacob Markstrom's going to get the starting goal tonight. Mackenzie Weger, a game-time decision with an illness. So lots to get to on Flames Talk. Keep it locked here on Sportsnet 960. We've got Flames Talk, Flames Warm-Up, and then Puck Drop between the Habs and the Flames all coming up in the next few hours. Keep it tuned here on your home of the Calgary Flames. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan.